Welcome to City Daily, a Lent podcast. Here we are about halfway through Lent, and I find myself thinking of the concept of time. Ask a college student how their social media fast is going, and they're quick to tell you it feels like it's been an eternity. Or ask a new parent how they're adjusting, and you'll often hear things like, the days are long, but the years are short drawing attention to the drudgery and tedium of the day-to-day, and yet somehow, when we look back on it, we feel like the time was stolen away from us, like we would have done something better with it had we known then what we know now. I'm probably focused on the concept of time lately because my family suffered a big loss recently. My dad passed away last week, and although it was expected, it somehow still came as a surprise, as these things tend to do. In my dad's final weeks, we talked a lot about legacy and making the most of our lives. He spoke about how he lived fast when he was younger, thinking the next adventure or adrenaline rush would be what made his life interesting. And how, when confronted with an insurmountable diagnosis and the reality that his life would be much shorter than he had initially planned, it was actually the small and ordinary moments that brought fulfillment and comfort. I had planned on reading an excerpt from Wounded Healer by Henry Nouwen, but given the weight of this last week, I'm calling an audible, although still sticking with Nouwen, and reading from another one of his works, Turn My Morning Into Dancing. If this is a season of mourning for you, I pray that this passage blesses and comforts you as it has me. Hope that grows out of trust puts us in a different relationship to the hours and days of our lives. We are constantly tempted to look at time as chronology, as chronos, as a series of disconnected incidents and accidents. This one way we think we can manage our time or subdue tasks, or a way that we feel the victims of our schedules. For this approach also means that time becomes burdensome. We divide our time into minutes and hours and weeks and let its compartments dominate us. As still not completely converted people, we immerse ourselves in clock time. Time becomes a means to an end, not moments in which to enjoy God or pay attention to others. And we end up believing that the real thing is always still to come. Time for celebrating or praying or dreaming gets squeezed out. No wonder we get fatigued and deflated. No wonder we sometimes feel helpless or impoverished in our experience of time. But the gospel speaks of full time. What we are seeking is already here. The contemplative Thomas Merton once wrote, The Bible is concerned with time's fullness, the time for an event to happen, the time for an emotion to be felt, the time for a harvest or for the celebration of a harvest. We begin to see history not as a collection of events interrupting what we must get done. We see time in light of faith in the God of history. We see how the events of this year are not just a series of incidents and accidents, happy or unhappy, but the molding hands of God, who wants us to grow and to mature. Time has to be converted then from chronos, mere chronological time, to kairos, a New Testament Greek word that has to do with opportunity, with moments that seem ripe for their intended purpose. Then, even while life continues to seem harried, while it continues to have hard moments, We say, something good is happening amid all of this. We get glimpses of how God might be working out his purposes in our days. 
Time becomes not just something to get through or manipulate or manage, but the arena of God's work with us. Whatever happens, good things or bad, pleasant or problematic, we look and we ask, what might God be doing here? We see the events of the day as continuing occasions to change the heart. Time points to another and begins to speak to us of God. May your second half of this Lenten season be intentional and slow, savored and experienced, and drenched in the rich details of the glorious ordinary.